the college baseball experience on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Edge Boost. Edge Boost enables you to double your bet with no interest. Go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge to get started today. Alrighty, welcome back to the College Baseball Experience. Good morning, College Baseball fans. It is 5.33 a.m. I'm your host, Noah Beanick, a.k.a. 77. Um, and yeah, grinding out uh, Super Regionals, baby. Oh, man, it was a great, great day of baseball. The picks on Wednesday's podcast didn't go great. However, I told you that I didn't feel confident about it. I thought it was a very, very tight slate. I think the whole weekend is really tight. I think that if you're going to want to play a favorite, you're going to have to lay some juice. And I tried to get cute there. Played Oral Roberts, hit an 8-0 lead. They gave it all up to Oregon, pissed it away. Oregon comes back from 8-0 down. First time ever that has ever happened in the Super Regional round of the NCAA Tournament. Teams that were down at least eight runs were 0-96. and 96. Now they're 1-96, and 96, and that was one of the bets that I had played for yesterday's Super Regional action. Um, the other bet that did come through was TCU. I had them in a parlay with LSU. We played that on Wednesday prior to LSU just getting steamed all the way up to minus 270, where we're going to see them at today, so... Uh, yeah, TCU LSU money line parlay is still in play. That was my favorite bet of the entire weekend, or at least of all the first games and even the series prices, which we got more series prices listed. So we'll run through those again here today. I do like one of them. However, I already have that, uh, in my portfolio, I guess you could say, um, but yeah, the other two games. So I mentioned Oral Roberts comeback, or I mentioned Oregon's comeback against Oral Roberts, and I mentioned TCU. I mean, that game didn't go as as I expected, but they still win. They cover the run line as well, which is a bet that I had. Um, the first game of the day, Virginia against Duke. Oh man, that one was super close, super tight throughout the whole game, and that's kind of how I saw the series played out. Like. I was like, I can't pick a side in any of these games based on how Duke's pitching, how Duke handles their pitching staff. There really isn't like a mismatch in any of the games that Duke is going to run out there. And that's how it went out today. And uh, you saw it where uh, Duke jumps out to an early two, two nothing lead with a, with a bomb, Virginia claws back. And this thing was five, four. There was two runners on Jake Geloff at the plate fly ball to the warning track for the final out of the game. I mean, it just doesn't get any better than that for the first game of the Super Regionals. And the fourth game, I don't even know how this one is number four that I'm mentioning here, but just a heavyweight bout between Florida and South Carolina. Uh, two of them just trading blow after blow. South Carolina, early home run. Um, and um, Florida – what's the kid's name again? Why is his name escaping me? Hit two home runs today. Um, I don't know why it's escaping me, but yeah, there was um, Shelmet, I think it was. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know why I'm blanking on the kid's name. I think it was Tyler Shelmet is his, is his name. Um, but yeah, he, he blasted two bombs to get Florida – the win, and one of them was a huge insurance home run, solo shot in the eighth because South Carolina in the top of the ninth comes out and they hit a solo bomb. So uh, just great games all around. All four of them were awesome, and I'm hoping that we get eight even better ones here today, um, and I'm ready to run through them with you guys here. But first, I need to tell you about Edge Boost because this episode – is, is supported by them, and they support SGPN big time. Edge Boost is the world's first bet now pay later Visa card, 
Edge currently offers up to $2,500 in betting advances, which can be an extremely valuable tool. Imagine what you can get with an increased bankroll. Get down on some of your favorite futures without tying up your bankroll for months. Double down on a favorite bet that you like or even to create an awesome middle or hedge. Edge Boost isn't some sleazy loan shark as they charge zero interest. Do you know of a way that you can access more money to place on your favorite bets without paying any interest? Edge Boost, baby. They can also be a part of a responsible gambling plan as you can set up daily slash weekly or monthly limits across all of your betting accounts in one place. Support SGPN and grow your bankroll by going to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge to sign up. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge, and you must be 21 years old or older to use it. Problem gambling? Call 1-800-GAMBLING. All right, let's jump into the games. Shout out to OB Bryant. 5.36 a.m. in the YouTube live chat. He goes, appreciate you, bro. I appreciate you for joining me here this early on a Saturday morning talking college baseball gambling. Uh, we'll start with the one that, you know, it's not available for everybody. It's Alabama and Wake Forest for some reason. The uh, legal online sports books here in America just haven't offered this game or ever, haven't offered this team in the last month here during May and early June in Alabama. So I'm just hoping that they get eliminated here quick and we can just have a college world series free of teams that we can't bet on. Um, But real talk, Bama, they're 10 and nine on the road this season. Wake Forest 32 and three at the couch. Um, For me, uh, I project here that, Uh, Well, actually, I'm not projecting. These were listed starters, so you can feel comfortable with these going on the mound today. Luke Holman for Alabama. He's 2-0 with a 2.53 ERA, 41 strikeouts, 12 walks in 32 innings, with a 168 opponent's batting average against him, a 2.50 ERA in his last three appearances. And for Wake Forest, Rhett Lauder, 14-0 on the year, a 177 ERA, 125 strikeouts, 20 walks in 101.2 innings, a 207 batting average against him, and he has been human in his last three appearances. He has a 284 ERA. So now we'll jump into the handicap where, for me, I just think you have to find a way to play Wake Forest if you're able to. Um, whether it's a money line parlay or you put the run line in, uh, just get a piece of this Deeks team. Because last year, I, I was one of the few. I don't even know if there were any. That was calling for Notre Dame on the money line and in the series against Tennessee. I just don't see it here from Alabama against this Wake Forest team. I, I don't see any weakness in the Deeks here like I did with Tennessee last season. So uh, I just think that you've got to take – any, any way that you can dice up Wake Forest, I think you have to. And uh, Underdog Fantasy, they have college baseball props. That's right. College baseball player props are available <laughs> for the first time ever. Um, yesterday, I tweeted it out uh, that they had dropped lines. I quickly handicapped them. I, I tried my best. Uh, it, literally the first time all year that we've had them. So I, I went off with some trends. Uh, I played Braden Taylor over two and a half total bases. I think it was either two and a half total bases or two and a half hits, runs, and RBIs. He struck out twice, and I had Matt Jacek's under strikeouts. So the uh, correlation that I tried to play for actually went counter me and fucked everybody that maybe took it. I live in Michigan. So I'm not able to play underdog. However, each matchup that is available on underdog, I have my favorite play for underdog on the on both teams that are available. There's five games that you're able to pick, and Alabama Wake Forest is not one of the ones that you can't pick. So surprisingly, we have odds on this Crimson Tide Wake Forest game here. Um, I'm going to read off every one of them just so – Like, if you guys hear one that you are interested in, you can go to Underdog Fantasy, use code SGPN, and you will get a 100% deposit up to $100 for the first-time depositors. Uh, Trust me, (laughs) I I would take the $100. Um, So 
in the Bama Wake Forest game. Andrew Pinckney, his line is set at a uh, one and a half hits, runs, and RBIs. Drew Williamson, one and a half hits, runs, and RBIs. Um, and then Wake Forest, Rhett Lauder, his line is set at nine and a half strikeouts. Brock Wilson, Brock Wilkin has three lines here, uh, two and a half hits, runs, and RBIs, two and a half total hit, uh, bases, and over a half or under a half RBI. Uh, and then Nick Kurtz, two and a half total bases. So I picked out one play from each team here for Alabama. I like Drew Williamson higher than one and a half hits, runs, and RBIs. This uh, higher prop is six and three in his last nine games. However, it's Rhett Lauder, one of the best pitchers in the country. This is not one of my starred plays, one of my favorite plays of the day. I'll let you know when that's coming. And here is one of my three favorite picks of the day. Brock Wilkin, higher than two and a half hits, runs, and RBIs. It's seven and one in his last eight games against Luke Holman. Give me Brock Wilkin. I think he gets the job done for us. So that's one leg. I have three. I have a three-leg uh, player prop parlay here going on underdog that I'm going to give out that would pay six times your money. So uh, just prepare for me to run through some underdog props on every game today. Uh, game number two is Virginia and Duke. Now we have a listed starter for Virginia, and I'm projecting one for Duke. Virginia, uh, they are going to start Connolly early. He's 11 and two with a 3.35 ERA, 90 strikeouts, 20 walks in 75.1 innings. He has a 5.88 ERA in his last three appearances, and he was their midweek starter for the whole, I would say, first three fifths of the season until Nick Parker got injured. Then Connolly early moves to the weekend. And he has not been good. The last four starts against high majors and East Carolina included. He is a 6.56 ERA. Uh, do with that what you will. It didn't affect him in his last start against East Carolina. However, I think you got to factor that in somehow. And then for Duke, I'm projecting that Alex Gow is going to start. He didn't start yesterday. They started Andrew Healy. But Gal has started the most games for this team this season. Uh, he's three and three with a 4.62 ERA, 68 strikeouts, 28 walks in 60.1 innings, and he had a 3.25 ERA in his two regional appearances. However, that ERA is a little bit more inflated if you flex it out to his last four appearances. Um, but I, I just chose to do it when the lights were the brightest. He pitched quite well. Duke is 12 and eight on the road, three and one at Virginia where Virginia is 35-5 and five at the dish. So UVA is undefeated against non-conference teams, and they only have two losses all year at home. Uh, to teams not named Duke. They have three losses at home to teams named Duke. Uh, so I think my original handicap was great on this series. I took the over two and a half games on the podcast, and I bet that. That was one of my favorite picks this week. I just... I, like I mentioned at the beginning of the show, it's hard to pick a mismatch with Duke the way they handle their pitching staff. So you really have to bet them game by game and address how their bullpen's doing. And I have my trusty sheet here uh, of all the bullpen status for the week. Uh, pitched in game one here for Virginia, Nick Parker, 102 pitches. So I think he's done for the week. Jake Berry, 36. Jay Wolfolk, 10. And Evan Blanco only threw one pitch, one out, uh, a ground ball there. Um, so I think there's a good chance we'll see Wolfolk or Blanco here in game two. I think Barry, they might wait for game three. And then for Duke, Andrew Healy threw 39 pitches, Owen Proch 33, Beeline Sin 10, uh, and Fran Oshel threw th uh, 34. And James Talon closed the game with 21 pitches. So I think that the only one I'm crossing off here that's not going to pitch in this second game is Healy, but he had 39 pitches. It's not unheard of to bring a guy back uh, the day later after 39. Uh, that's just how uh, Duke operates with their pitching staff. So I think uh, Virginia is not going to get swept at home. That's what I ultimately think. So I, 
I'm giving all the credit in the world to Duke for competing, and I, I'd love nothing more than Alex Mooney, a kid from my neck of the woods, to go play in Omaha. But I just lean that I lean Virginia to win game two here. I, I've already diced this one up how I wanted to, and I have a good play here in, as a future. Uh, so I'm not going to bet Virginia. However, I, I think that they have, I think they will win this game. I, I think they'll force a game three in their friendly confines. I don't think they're getting swept at home. Um, for underdog, Virginia, uh, I'll actually, I'll run through all the picks again. Just just in case you guys hear one that you like better than the one that I'm going to give out. Kyle Teal, his line for RBIs is set at a half. Uh, for hits, runs, and RBIs set at two and a half. And total bases set at two and a half. Jake Geloff, two and a half total bases is his line. Then for Duke, two and a half total bases on Jade Bashir's uh, half RBI on Bashir's two and a half hits, runs, and RBIs on Bashir's. Then MJ Metz, two and a half total bases. That one, <laughs> if he's hitting a home run, he's going over. If not, he's going under just because he's having trouble running. Uh, they're zooming in on him, running the bases today. It was like the first time we saw him run bases this postseason and just gimping around. Uh, he had trouble stopping after beating out an infield ground ball, uh, ran like halfway down the right field line and then turned around. Um, and then also just kind of like cruised into third base. Uh, so I don't think he's going to hit a triple. That's for sure. And the only way that he cashes it is if he hits home run or three singles, because I don't know if they're going to push him to get a double there. And then Alex stone, his uh, line is set at two and a half total bases. So here's where I'm going with this. For Virginia, Kyle Teal, I like the higher than a half RBI. He's had eight games with at least one RBI in his last 10 games. And then for Duke, I'm going with Jay Bashir's higher than two and a half hits, runs, and RBIs. Uh, it's six and one in his last seven games. I'd rather not fade MJ Metz just because there's a little bit of magic there and he might blast another home run. Um, so I'd rather not lose on that. Uh, and like I mentioned, Underdog, they're our brand new sponsor here. Uh, not brand new. We've had them before, but it's fantasy football season uh, and best ball mania. Four is here and underdog fantasy is giving away $15 million in prizes, plus plenty of ways to win with NBA, NHL and MLB and college baseball player prop parlays. So head over to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. Okay, game number three on the Saturday slate is Kentucky and LSU. Uh, pitching here, neither is confirmed. However, you know, Paul Skeens is probably going to throw for LSU. For Kentucky, I think, they threw off the first time they played LSU. They didn't even want to mess with Skeens in game one, but they actually put up four runs on Skeens that first time they faced him. I think they'll end up throwing off again here. Travis Smith, I think they'll throw here. Uh, he did throw last Friday as well against Ball State. So even though Zach Lee could come back on full rest, I think they just elect to throw off, throw Travis Smith, He's 4-3 with a 5.28 ERA, 39 strikeouts, 24 walks, 44.1 innings. He has a 90 ERA in his last three appearances. Uh, like I mentioned, I don't think this is like a, a winning move. I think they're trying to play the long game. As we know, it's tough to beat LSU with Skeens on the mound, but as you get into that bullpen or once uh, Ty Floyd comes out of the game two and you get into the bullpen in game two, that is how you beat LSU in a three-game series. Um, so I think that Kentucky's trying to trying to attack it the smart way there. However, it's basically a punt in game one with Paul Skeens going. He's 11-2 and two with a 190 ERA, 179 strikeouts, 17 walks, 99.1 innings. He has a 0.79 ERA in his last five appearances. The guy's just insane right now. Um the Cats are 11 and 11 on the road too, so that's not that great. LSU, they're 13 and seven at the box. I wrote that down. That doesn't seem right. Uh, maybe I miswrote that. I'm gonna try to fix that stat as I'm still reading off this handicap here. Um, they're two and one against Kentucky this season. They won Skeen's start by run rule. They beat them by 10. Um, then they lost game two and they won game three, seven to six. Um, 
I already gave this play out on our show on Wednesday uh, before this price jumped up to minus 270. I liked the money line in a parlay. I liked the minus one and a half. Now it's minus two and a half. I would still actually take it at minus 105. I think that's good enough here on a day that you're not going to be able to find uh, many plays that are near even money. Um, and like I mentioned, I was going to fix that stat. 13 and seven didn't seem right. It's 31 and seven at Alex Box. So thank you, Noah, for fixing that. Um, for this for this game, I, I think you just got to play LSU in every which way that you can find possible. Uh, like I mentioned, minus two and a half and money line in a parlay. That's the type of deal here for underdog. Kentucky, uh, we'll run through these plays here uh, that they are offering for this game. Uh, Jackson Gray for Kentucky, his line is set at one and a half hits, runs, and RBIs. Grant Smith has a line at just a half hit. And then for LSU, Paul Skeen's line is at nine and a half strikeouts. Dylan Cruz has four lines here, two and a half total bases, one and a half hits, uh, just a half RBI, and three and a half hits, runs, and RBIs combined. And then Hayden Travinsky, two and a half total bases. Tommy White, two and a half total bases. So here's where I'm going for this game. For Kentucky, my favorite pick here is the higher than a half hit for Grant Smith. He has had at least one hit in 10 of his last 11 games here, but he's facing Paul Skeens, so I can understand why it's set at just a half. However, he is on a pretty good roll here with just getting one hit in a game. So I like the chances of that happening best here over Jackson Gray's uh, one and a half hits, runs, and RBIs prop. For LSU, I think you got to go Paul Skeens. Uh, higher than nine and a half strikeouts. This is six and two in his last eight games. He's had at least 10 strikeouts in six of his last eight games. And he had 13 against Kentucky. That's tied for his second most this season in strikeouts. I also had a bonus play for LSU because this was another really good trend that I saw. Uh, however, it's not one of my favorites of the day, but it was a good trend. Hayden Travinsky. I like his higher than two and a half total bases. That's eight and two in his last 10 games. What's up, Lane Elliott? He is in the live chat. Shout out to you. It is 554, and he's in here talking college baseball with us. Uh, love it. Um, I forgot to mention this. The series props, the live series props, they're updated. Um, Duke and Virginia after game one, where the Blue Devils won game one. There's a stat that the NCAA is just shoving down our throats this year. 79% of the teams that win game one have won their super regional series. I think if there's a team that can go against that trend, it's Virginia. Uh, they have the hitting to do it and they have the pitching staff to do it. They're plus 135 now. I think that's worth it uh, to play that instead of the money line. Because if you roll over Virginia's money line, it won't equate to that same amount bet on Virginia plus 135 to win the series. So, I think that's a good way to attack that series if you want something on Virginia against Duke. Because just right now, Virginia's minus 185 to win game two. And if they open up at minus 185 to win game three, you're winning uh, a little bit less than what you would if you added what you won and bet that on the plus 135, if that makes sense for everybody there. Uh, we move on to Florida and South Carolina. Now, I mentioned that because – Florida is now minus 450 to win this series, and South Carolina plus 340. I mean, South Carolina had the lead for about, I don't know, six innings of that game one, and now they have Jack Mahoney on the mound, who I think is the best pitcher between these two teams in this series. Um, these are listed pitchers, so there's a very, very good chance of us seeing them tomorrow. Uh as we know, it's college baseball. One of them might get scratched or maybe a beat writer didn't know what the, what they were talking about. However, the South Carolina uh, social – no, the South Carolina media department, they put the starting pitcher matchup in the game right up after game one. So for Florida, you can expect to see Hurston Waldrop. He's 8-3 and three with a 454 ERA. 129 strikeouts, 46 walks, and 85.1 innings. A 228 batting average against. 
Uh, and a 290 ERA in his last three appearances. However, he did give up five earned runs against South Carolina in six innings earlier this season. And for South Carolina, Jack Mahoney's going. He's seven and three with a 405 ERA, 85 strikeouts, 20 walks in 80 innings, with a 313 ERA in his last four appearances, and only gave up two runs against Florida in his five innings earlier this season. Uh, for the play here, game one between these two teams was a prize fight between two top boxers, as greatly mentioned by Nick De La Torre. Uh, Jack Mahoney, like I mentioned, I think he's the best starting pitcher in the Super Regional, in my opinion, and I think that helps the Cox get the, uh, across the line in game two. Uh, and look for South Carolina to exhaust all options for a win. Like, they're going home if they don't win, so you can expect it. Full throttle to the till the end till the bottom of the ninth inning. Uh, they will exhaust every option that they have left in that bullpen. Um, and to go over their uh, pitching situation here, South Carolina threw James Hicks only for fifty six pitches, so he might be able to come back as a reliever in Game Three. Uh, will Sanders through 46, so I don't think we'll expect him tomorrow, but he will be available for game three as well. And Nick Proctor only through 17. Of course, he could throw come back and throw tomorrow. Uh, Florida, Brandon Sprout, 105 pitches, probably his last uh, ever outing in Condren Family Ballpark. Great outing for him. He struggled early, persevered. It was a great start. Uh, and Cade Fisher through 28 pitches. He could probably come back tomorrow. And Brandon Neely closed out the game 16 pitches. He could, of course, pitch in game two as well. So my play here for this game, I like the plus one and a half on South Carolina. I think that they're actually live to win the game. However, we saw them just lose 5-4 uh, in game one. I think that it's going to be another close game. I think you got to get a piece of South Carolina here. Shout out to Durko Gaming, 5.59 a.m. He goes, TCU was a great call yesterday. Can't believe you're up doing the Lord's work. Bless you. Uh, thanks, Durko, dude. I enjoy it. There wouldn't be a, a, another thing that I'd rather be doing right now than talking college baseball during the postseason. Just when I, what I think is the second best postseason, like, no offense to college baseball fans. I just I really love March Madness. But, I mean, this is, like, right up there next to it. Uh, I love a good bracket in general. Every postseason except for the NBA playoffs I think is great. <laughs> um, so moving, moving on to the underdog props here for Florida and South Carolina. Uh, Jack Caglione has three lines up next to his name. The first one is a half. RBI, so either higher or lower there. Uh, two and a half total bases, two and a half hits, runs, and RBIs. Uh, then Wyatt Langford, two and a half total bases. Josh Rivera, two and a half total bases. And then for South Carolina, Ethan Petrie has three lines, two and a half hits, runs, and RBIs, or just a half RBI, or two and a half total bases. Cole Messina, two and a half total bases, and Will Tippett, just a half hit. Um, my favorite plays for both teams here in this game are uh, Wyatt Langford. I like him to go actually lower than two and a half total bases. It's six and three in his last nine games played. And for South Carolina, Ethan Petrie, also lower than two and a half total bases, seven and two in his last nine. I think both guys are facing great pitchers. Uh, so I think there's a good chance that, that those could happen. Uh, however, not some of my favorite props today. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, Brock Wilkin, I like his over or higher two and a half hits, runs, and RBIs. And I like Paul Skeen's higher than nine and a half strikeouts. Use promo code SGPN for 100% deposit up to $100. Let's jump into game number five of the day. It's Tennessee in Southern Miss. Um, listed pitching matchup here in uh, the Vols corner. It is Andrew Lindsay. He's three and two with a 240 ERA, 64 strikeouts, 17 walks in 63.2 innings, a 209, a 209 batting average against him, and a 123 ERA in his last three appearances. And for Southern Miss, it's Billy Oldham. He's eight and three with a 433 ERA, 84 strikeouts, 23 walks in 72.2 innings, with a 226 batting average against him, a 344 ERA in his last four appearances. Uh, Brandon 
Wyvrat. Uh, sorry if I butchered the last name there. Wyvrat. Uh, he goes, I wake up and listen to Noah on the back deck with my coffee, talking baseball. Love it. Let's go, Brandon. I wouldn't have it any other way. Uh, and I don't know if I displayed Durko's comment. I'll do that while I touch on this game. Tennessee, they're, I mean, I've said it all, all second half of the season long. They're just 5-12 and 12 on the road. Uh, Southern Miss, they're 26-5 and five at Pete Taylor Park. I think that the Vols are going into a hornet's nest here. I think that all the talking between the two fan bases back and forth the whole week is going to play to a very nice home atmosphere for Southern Miss as this community looks to send uh, Scott Berry to Omaha in his last weekend ever uh, as head coach in Hattiesburg. Uh, Tennessee's regional, in my opinion, just felt a little lucky. Um, I will say they got a big win on the road against Clemson and the Clemson regional. Uh, however, they had their offense was stymied by Caden Grace until they scratch a runner on base against him. They dig into the bullpen, Zane Denton, three-run bomb, tie game. They were losing that game, and they had no business winning it until they got into extra innings. Cam Canarella gets tossed. The whole mood of the stadium, of the crowd, of the Clemson team gets changed, and uh, Tennessee scores the next half inning, and Clemson packs up. They have to play eight hours later. They lose to Charlotte in the game that they really shouldn't have lost, but they were without Cam Canarella because he got suspended a game because he was ejected. And Tennessee played Charlotte twice. And Charlotte was a team that was barely over 500 in Conference USA play. I just question that the the Vols got here legitimately. Like, that's, that's my only point here because I, I feel there's a little bit of – I said it with MJ Metz, you don't want to – you don't want to get caught fading magic with the whole Duke thing right now. I don't want to get caught fading magic with Southern Miss sending their coach on a joyride to Omaha in his last season ever. Um, this thing, <clears throat> CLV, I said it on Wednesday. Tanner Hall was not going to pitch this game. He threw like 150 pitches over the weekend. Come on, guys. Use common sense. Southern Miss was like, plus 115 when that we did when we recorded that podcast now the odds are set at uh sorry i haven't even been reading the odds for these games i apologize um the odds for this one tennessee is minus 180 they've been steamed up to minus 180 after tanner hall was not throwing which we all knew southern miss they're now plus 145 total set at 10 Minus one and a half on Tennessee is minus one twenty. Southern Miss plus one and a half minus one ten. I I said it on Wednesday. I'm just not. I think Tennessee's the right pick. And go ahead, lay the minus one eighty. However, uh, if if you liked it, you should have bet it earlier before Tanner Hall. We all. I mean, it's not logical to throw a guy on four days rest after he threw 150 pitches on a weekend. Uh, CLV only works, though, if the team wins. <laughs> I think a lot of people are still doubting the Southern Miss pitching staff. And uh, Coach Ostrander, the Wizard of Oz over there, just he just gets things to work. And Billy Oldham, I, I think that people don't have enough respect on what he's done this season. He's 8-3 with a 4.33 ERA, 84 strikeouts, 23 walks, and 72.2 with a 2.26 opponent's batting average against and a 3.44 ERA in his last four appearances. Uh, Andrew Lindsay, he's been great. I mean, I'm not knocking him. He's three and two with a 240 ERA, 64 strikeouts, 17 walks, and 63.2, a 209 batting average against him, and he has a 123 ERA in his last three appearances. I'm just saying, I'm not messing around with the minus 180 against the Southern Miss team when Tennessee's on the road and they have a terrible road record and they only beat the one seed at their place once because the one seed got bounced when I thought it was just a little bit, you know, lucky. Uh, I, I didn't. I, I thought Clemson came out and they slept blocked in that game against Charlotte where they were eliminated uh, after the 14 inning thriller against Tennessee the night before. So I think Southern Miss finds a way to steal this series. 
I feel confident that they win game two with Tanner Hall on the mound against the Dolander that, you know, hasn't looked amazing all year long. And he's actually not had the best stretch as of late either. Uh, so I think Tanner Hall gives Southern Miss the game two victory. I think this one goes game three. I bet it over two and a half games. I think that was the right way to bet it here because you can get the Tennessee win or you can get the Southern Miss win if the series goes three. I think Tennessee is the right pick in game one, like I said. But I'm not I'm not betting it at minus 180, and I didn't even want it at minus 140 when it opened there. Um, no underdog Lions for this Tennessee Southern Miss series. So no, no, no idea why not, but that's just the case. Um, the next game here on the slate is at six o'clock. It's between Texas and Stanford. Uh, Texas is minus one fifty now. Another game. We'll talk about it in a little bit. But Stanford plus one twenty. There's some reverse line movement on this game, big time. Uh, total set at thirteen. Texas minus one and a half at plus one hundred. Plus one and a half on Stanford is minus 130. We have confirmed pitchers for this game as well. Lucas Gordon for Texas is 7-1 and one with a 245 ERA, 98 strikeouts, 29 walks in 95.1 innings, and a 217 opponent's batting average against him, a 188 ERA in his last four appearances. And for Stanford, Joey Dixon is going to throw. He's 6-0 and with a 499 ERA, 78 strikeouts, 39 walks in 74 innings pitched, a 240, uh, 240 batting average against him, and a 424 ERA in his last four appearances. So like I mentioned earlier, uh, I wanted to touch on it, but uh, this is another game where it's a CLV brag. If you jumped on Texas when they were plus money, props to you. However, it's not a lock to win. In order for CLV to work, the team has to win. And against Stanford, they haven't lost the Super Regional that they've hosted in school history. They're 8-0 at, uh, at home in Super Regionals. And twenty-three and eight at Sunken Diamond this season, and Texas is just eleven and seven on the road. Like what? Like we mentioned with Tanner Hall on Wednesday, he probably wouldn't throw. Quinn Matthews threw one hundred and sixty pitches over the weekend. It's just not logical to start him on Game One on Saturday when he just threw. I think he threw sixty or seventy pitches on Monday. It's just not logical. Um, so, again, I mentioned it on Wednesday. If you wanted a piece on Texas, grab it then. Because now at minus 150, the value is completely switched over to Stanford here. Because I pride myself in betting on pitching. However, Stanford's lineup's super good. One through nine, it's super deep. And I could easily see them spoiling a, a Lucas Gordon start when they jump into the Texas bullpen here. Because it's not that great. They have the two uh, best pitchers. In, like I don't know about best pitchers. Quinn Matthews probably better. But uh, Lucas Gordon in game one. LeBaron Johnson and James game two. That's the best duo in this series. Um, however, they don't have much behind him. They have Zane Morehouse, but that's one guy. Uh, and Tanner Witt in game three, he hasn't looked amazing after uh, coming back from uh, Tommy John. So it Texas minus 150 is just too pricey. Stanford money line is the play for me if you're going to bet on this game. Now let's jump into the underdog. This is our last underdog game of the day. It is uh, Texas-Stanford. Dylan Campbell has three lines here for Texas. Two and a half hits, runs, and RBIs. Two and a half total bases and just a half RBI that you can bet on for Campbell. Also Peyton Powell, two and a half total bases. And Garrett Gillimet, two and a half total bases. Then for Stanford, Tommy Troy has, Tommy Troy has three lines, uh, just a half RBI. Two and a half hits, runs, and RBIs, or two and a half total bases. And then also Alberto Rios, two and a half total bases is the prop for him that they're offering here. Uh, the play for me is for Texas, it's Garrett Gillamet, lower than two and a half total bases. He has not had three total bases in eight straight games. I think that's a good play against the solid pitcher and Joey Dixon with an ERA under five. Um, and then for Stanford, the underdog play here for me is Tommy Troy, higher than two and a half hits, runs, and RBIs. This is 14 and four in his last 18 games. So I think that's a good play here for this game on Stanford. Uh, now we move on to the next game, also at six o'clock. It is Indiana State against TCU. 
The Horned Frogs are minus 160 on the money line. The Sycamores plus 130. Total set at 10. Indiana State plus 1.5, minus 145. TCU minus 1.5, plus 115. Shout out to Moneyline Ed. He goes Oral Roberts and then just a sad face. Trust me. Uh, yeah, that was terrible. Terrible beat. Uh, and then Durko Gaming. He goes, Doug, college baseball experience. Insert Colby's voice. <laughs> I love it. Um, TCU, Indiana State. Uh, they don't have listed pitchers here, so I'm projecting Sam Stoutenborough to start for TCU. He's 4-0 with a 448 ERA, 53 strikeouts, 15 walks in 60.1 innings, a 272 batting average against him, and he has a 543 ERA in the last two season play. So in his tournament start and the regional start, he has a 543 ERA in those two. Uh, and then for Indiana State, Connor Fenlon, he's 10-2 in uh, ten and two in uh, this season, he's a 333 ERA, 70 strikeouts, 29 walks, and 108 innings pitched. Opponents are hitting 224 against him, and he has a 097 ERA in his last five appearances. However, he did give up four runs to Iowa in his last start. So I cashed some bets in this game one, but it, it didn't exactly go how I thought it would. Uh, Matt Jacek didn't fold for Indiana State, and he actually threw eight really good innings. Now Connor Fenlong, the Missouri Valley, uh, Missouri Valley Pitcher of the Year, is bumping for the Sycamores. And with the way that Jacek looked, if uh, Fenlong can repeat it, I, I think that the trees are live. Uh, my pick here is Indiana State plus one and a half. Uh, and there were no underdog lines listed here for us. So we move on to our eighth. And oh, actually, I wanted to run through the bullpen just uh, for everybody here. Uh, Cole Klecker, 101 pitches, so he's probably done for the week. Uh, that freshman had a hell of a day. I think he had double-digit strikeouts. Or actually, it was nine strikeouts against Indiana State. And then Luke Savage, their top bullpen guy, threw 27 pitches. I think he, he could probably come back here tomorrow. But 27 is is quite a bit if you're looking to pitch him in all three games this weekend. Uh, for Indiana State, like I mentioned, Jacek threw eight innings. He came back out for the ninth but couldn't get an out. So he threw 107 pitches, and Zach Davidson threw nine. So Indiana State's pen situation is great. I think they're live here in game two to win it against TCU if they're able to keep the offense down. And I think that Fenlong being the Missouri Valley pitcher uh, Missouri Valley Conference Pitcher of the Year has a good shot of doing that if Jay Schick just did it yesterday. Last game of the day here is Oregon and Oral Roberts. The odds on this game, Oregon is minus 140. The Golden Eagles are plus 110. The uh, total is set at 11.5. The Ducks, minus 1.5, plus 105. ORU, plus 1.5, minus 135. Uh, this game... Take my projections with a grain of salt here. I, I think I do a really good job most of the time with these projections. <sighs> Oral Roberts is a little bit easier than Oregon. Oregon, <laughs> they threw a lot of pitchers yesterday, and we'll get to that in a second on the pitching report for this one. Turner Sproul-Yarek has started uh, in this spot in the rotation the last two turns through. So I think it's a good guess that he's going to start. Uh, Spoljarek is 7-0 and with a 628 ERA, 31 strikeouts, 20 walks, and 53 innings. Opponents are hitting 308 against him, and he has a 796 ERA in his last three appearances. Uh, for Oral Roberts, Harley Golert, 10-1 uh, with a 4 ERA, 82 strikeouts, 30 walks, is my projection here. He's thrown 83.1 innings on the year with a 248 batting average against him, and he has a 692 ERA over the last month. So uh, not sold on either one of these guys to throw good. I just don't – I can't trust either one of them with their recent numbers. And I don't know how the Golden Eagles are planning on bouncing back from giving up nine unanswered runs to lose a game where they had an 8-0 lead. The way that they can do it is if they get into this Oregon bullpen early once again. And touching on this bullpen here, it's in rough shape after yesterday where they gave up eight runs in the third inning. 
Grayson Grenzel threw 62 pitches. Dylan McShane, 22. Ian Umlet, 16. Uh, those three guys got rocked, and they were part of the eight runs that were given up. Logan Mercado, who's a starter usually, came in when they were down like eight to two. For some reason, they threw a starter in that position. Usually, I mean, if I was a coach, I would be playing for game two or game three. But props to them, they came back and won this. Mercado threw 62 pitches. Matt Dallas threw 14. And Josh Molaris threw 15. So Dallas and Molaris, we could probably see here in game two. But all those four guys uh, prior, Mercado threw too many pitches to bring him back in game two, but he could probably throw game three. Same with Grinzel. However, Grinzel got rocked, and McShane threw 22. I'm not through 16, but I don't expect them to see this series after getting rocked. Um, so that's the pitching situation in this game. Uh, but, yeah, Oral Roberts has to get into that pen. That's how they'll win this game. But they did that part yesterday. They did the hard part and putting up runs on the starter and then the first two relievers. But they didn't do anything else after against a pretty weak bullpen, in my opinion. As for the Ducks, They've already seen the best that Oral Roberts will provide. Uh, and that was Jacob Hall, who threw 77 pitches. Jacob Widener, the big lefty with a weird arm angle, threw 33 pitches. And they had traffic on him on the base paths the whole time he was on the mound. And then Dalton Patton threw 21 pitches. And their star closer, Cade Denton, threw six. Um, just like they had traffic on the base pass against all these guys and they had the game winning hit against the summit league pitcher of the year in Cade Denton, who's their star closer in oral Roberts. And they chased ORU's ace, uh, Jacob Hall early. Uh, there, there weren't any, uh, cheapies mixed in either. Like they were hitting the ball hard the whole second half of that game against oral Roberts. Oregon was. So I just, I want Oral Roberts to win. I want a four seed to go to Omaha. However, I, I don't know how they bounce back after blowing yesterday's game. Give me the over 11 and a half. I don't trust either one of these starting pitchers here. Um, and I don't trust Oregon's pitching staff. And Oregon already tagged or used best pitchers that they can throw at the Ducks here. So I like the over an 11 and a half quite a bit. And I think that Oregon wins. I think they pull off the two-game sweep. Minus 140 is the pick here for me. Um, so that wraps that wraps the pod. Uh, everything from me. There's a couple of people watching live. Thank you. Uh, if you have any questions, uh, throw them in the YouTube live chat or the Twitch live chat. Uh, Twitter, sorry, but I can't see those on StreamYard, the service that we use for the college experience to go live. Um, but I'll run through everything that I'm playing here. Um, and like I mentioned, full clarity, I live in Michigan, underdog. Fantasy is not legal in the state of Michigan. That is not an underdog problem. It is the Michigan government's problem because they haven't legalized underdog yet uh, or haven't granted them access into the state. Uh, but my three picks here for the underdog play of the day for me is Brock Wilkin, higher than two and a half hits, runs, and RBIs. Paul Skeens, higher than nine and a half strikeouts. And Garrett Gillamet lower than two and a half total bases. Use code SGPN to get a 100% deposit match up to $100. And then I've got three plays for today's games. Uh, I think that you have to play LSU minus two and a half now at minus 105. If you listened on Wednesday, shout out to you. You got the minus one and a half. You got a money line parlay much uh, more with much more value, I'll say. Um, however, I think. I still think that you got to play it. Um, and then I like South Carolina, a plus one and a half, minus 125 against Florida. I just think they're going to keep it close. They got Mahoney on the mound. I think he's the best pitcher between the two teams this series. I think that he ultimately, I think he'll deliver them the win. However, I want that plus one and a half in case they lose by one again, uh, like they did in game one. And then probably my favorite pick of the day. Oral Roberts and Oregon over 11 and a half minus 120. I just can't trust either one of these starting pitchers and Oregon already rocked some of the best pitchers that Oral Roberts will show them. And like I mentioned uh, earlier, 
The series price on Virginia plus 135. I think that's the only team that I would entertain jumping in on here to come back and pull a reverse sweep and win games two and game three against the team that they lost to here. Uh, Virginia has the starting pitcher depth. Uh, they have three uh, starting pitchers that they could still throw out. They're throwing Connolly early in game two. Um, they still have Jack O'Connor and Brian Eddington that they'll throw uh, when need be. Um, and I mean, the more that you play Duke, I think that the more you have a chance of wearing down some of these arms, uh, just the way that they're going to pitch. They're going to not let any of their guys throw more than really 30 pitches, um, and they'll bring them out on Sunday. And I think that's when you might have best success against them, when they've already been taxed for 60 pitches earlier in the weekend. I think that's the only way that you can really attack uh, any of these new series prices here. Um so shout out to all the live listeners. Thanks for listening. Uh, that is my slate today. Follow me on Twitter at 77NB. I'll be tweeting all these out along with the link to get to my pitching projections uh, for the games today. Uh, shout out to Matt Grissom and Quentin Mills of the NCAA Insiders. I was working with them on these uh, listed and projected starters um, and they tagged me on their post. They made a nice graphic of all the pictures that I found and that they found, and we worked together on uh, putting that out. So if you prefer a very nice graphic with some advanced analytics on that as well, uh, that is for you guys at NCAA Insiders. Um, listen to, I mean, the Sports Gambling Podcast Network has everything for you. If you are interested in the Belmont Stakes, uh, shout out to the Notorious OTB podcast uh, with Chase Sessoms, a.k.a. the Wolf of Oaklawn, um, and also Malcolm Banford. I don't know if he was on that show with Chase, but those two, uh, I believe, were on the show with the Sports Gambling Podcast guys. I was on them. Uh, I was on their show talking about college baseball just a couple days ago where I gave out that LSU-TCU Moneyline Parlay. Uh, on their show as well, um, and just a bunch of other great shows on SGPN that we have to offer. A bunch of people like me sweating out their niche sports as well, uh, doing the Lord's work over there in their favorite sports that they like to cover. So that'll do it for me. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, you've been experiencing the better side of college baseball with the College Baseball Experience. Adios, amigos.